Hello and welcome to Conversations Need to Be Had. I am your host, Chantel Gabriella Jazz, and I am joined today by the one and only Mother Earth, Maya, who is an absolute beacon of our community, who has my sanctuary, my inner sanctuary, and uh, Love Gift Vegan. And we're going to be having a conversation today. We're going to be allowing it to flow. How are you today, Maya? I am great. I'm just happy to be here with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. So I would like to start off with the beginning, really. Oh. I know that you have so much to share and you've experienced so much on your journey, which is called life. So I want to start from when, you know, you was a little girl and where was you born and wow. your family dynamic? Okay. That's a great beginning. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> We're going way back. We're going in today. Okay, so greetings to y'all. I am, um, to be honest, I have several names. I start with one called Merle, then I'm called Maya, then I'm called Matana, and then I'm also called Mother Earth, and so many more. I was born um, on the Caribbean island of Grenada, the Spice Isle. I grew there... Um, in the village, in in, in village, uh, the place uh, Saint Andrews in Grenada. That's where I was born. Yeah, and um, spend a lot of time in nature. Um, it was just a way of life for me. Grew with my grandma because at at a point in time, my mom came to this country, and I think I was around the age of five when she um, literally gave me to someone else to look after, whilst she came to. This country, I don't even know if it was it the Windrush time. I don't even know when was the Windrush. It was in the, it was in the sixties. Was it the forties, fifties? Oh no 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 no! That was way way after that. Then I wouldn't be here then, would I? Oh yeah. No, so she came. I think she came in the sixties or seventies. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. So I grew there, came to this country as a teenager, um, spent a little time in a Roman Catholic school. Then that's How a, was that for you? Uh, quite interesting. There was a few times where I kind of lashed out <laughs> because okay. the environment wasn't um, conducive to my way of life, I suppose. So but, how was it in the, the Caribbean to when you came to... How was it different? The, the whole difference... Was, okay, let's go back a bit. So having come from the Caribbean uh, just into my teenage, into my teenage time... Um, having a free run, a free life, doing whatever I wanted to do in the sense of being on an island. We had the sea, we had the river, we had the land, you know, the creativity of whatever we wanted to do, music, etc., etc., the moonlight and, and so on and so forth. Then I came to London, to West London, um, and for me, the whole confusion was, why do people live like this? <laughs> I'm asking that right now. <laughs> There was no space to do anything. People didn't talk to each other. And for me, the whole confusion, because where I grew up with my grandma, you greeted everyone. Mm. Everyone looked after each other, you know, the, especially youngers looking after the elders. But there were times when I put my hand out to help elders um, and the rejection was like, oh, my God, you know, she's going to teach something. I, I don't know. Mm -mm. But that, that was extremely uncomfortable for me. And again, whilst in West London, um, I was sent to a, a, a Catholic school, old girls school, 
you know, and that for me again was totally confusing. Mm. The restriction, the, you know, the, the, the having to, to, to pray in that kind of vibration which I wasn't used to because the freedom was live life in nature. That, wow. that, that was the way that I grew up. So, um, but I was there for, for, I think, for a couple of years, and then we came to South, South East London. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've been here ever since. Moved around quite a bit, but I've been here ever since. So, I think that's, that's a bit of clarity of my beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, done my schooling in, in comprehensive schools, um, went for further education. Um, at the time when I was doing what I termed was my degree, it was a polytechnic, it wasn't... Um, university as well okay. so my my training effectively is um in teacher training training performing arts and in the process of that i spent about six years learning about people from um, the age of zero to whatever because i felt it was important that my calling as i felt within was to work with people i just felt I suppose I'll go back a bit from around the age of eight back in the Caribbean. Whenever we had school holidays, I always created school in one of the garages. Um, so we had things to do. And coming from the creative background, you know, always did something. And at the end of the holidays, we had a little show to, to put on. So that, that was my background. And I suppose amongst my family, we did carnival. You know, we, we were engrossed in, in activities at all time, you know, so... I think this is why I am the way I am. Mm. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just a taste of my beginning, mm. basically. So when, so when you, uh, you went to, uh, was it, so university? Yeah. Um, wh what was that like for you? How was that education? Well, after a few weeks, they asked me to leave. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I went to study performing arts and um, they, the library didn't have any books to, to, to assist me. Um, the nature of the type of dance, I wanted to study contemporary as well, okay. but I was very limited. I was very limited. What was given to me in terms of creative arts for my um, acceptance of learning things to go out and teach was very limiting, you know. Um, I know now, I went to Middlesex, and I know now that the library is one of the best, mm. because there was a point where I went to the, the, the principal and said, you know, I can't find anything to, uh, to assist me with what I'm trying to learn. And there was a time we were doing a dance routine, and the um, choreographer or the tutor was asking us to, you know, express ourselves like a horse. And <laughs> after... <laughs> After a few minutes, I just sat down because how, how, how do you express yourself as a horse for a whole lesson? And then at the end of the lesson, you know, he asked me to, to not come back. So I found myself again in, in front of the principals. And then he said to me, you know, you can have a break. You can come back another time. We'll hold your grant for you. I was really? on the yeah. And um, they couldn't give me an explanation as to why. So... My journey in educating as a, a woman of color and also as a woman of, um, I speak my words, you know, I had lots of challenges, but at the end of the day, I received that which I, I required. And um, mm. yeah, and I use all those experiences to work with young people um, as I go along my work right now. Mm. But yeah, so those early days were very challenging for me because having come from the Caribbean, like I said, and um, utilizing creativity as my gift, mm. um, wanting to expand on it and learn more 
I couldn't find the source to give me strength, so I, I challenged it. And it seems that the challenges that I brought out have brought um, changes into the system. Mm. You know, I think I also studied um, uh, child development at, uh, where was that, uh, Southwark College. I did some further work at Goldsmiths. I did uh, counseling work um, mm. training in Bromley College. So I spent a good six years taking in education that I felt would be of importance to be able to work with people. So when I speak, I speak from a place of knowing mm. um, rather than, um, you know, just speaking because, mm. you know, and I still find and make time to study and have studied many other things in the process. Mm. Um, and some of you obviously would know me in regards to Love Give Vegan, um, serving food, um, you know, plant-based food, etc. I have to, you know, emphasize that again came from my beginning. My grandma that I grew with, we never really ate meat mm. like that. So understanding food and you know the mannerism of, of health in that way was taught to me as a child you know um, we ate what we grew mm. so in the aspect of that I think around the age of eight nine I had my little plot of land where I grew not just flowers but understood how to grow tomatoes and all the vegetables and stuff that we need and mm. um yeah, it was, so so my whole expression of what I share is literally having grown up with quite a range of elders around me mm. and just living the life still in that mode, mm. despite having been in this country most of my life. Mm. I still live as one who accept the teaching of the island, the indigenous people, mm. and I still carry that energy with myself because growing in a village, having grown in a village, it's about family it's about each one teach one it's mm. about looking after each other it's about listening to the elders it's about learning skills it's about knowing that no matter what you do someone's watching you mm. but in the in the concept of it all it's about being being right in, in in yourself as an individual you know rather than just i don't know what i find in this country people are just being not knowing who they are and have to be searching to identify, you know, when you get to a particular age of teenage or a particular age of going into marriage and stuff like that, there's no preparation, mm. you know. But I have to say the way I was brought up, each stage there were preparation mm. because there was always someone who would um, reach out and give the guidance and give the support and respect was, was the key, mm. you know, amongst amongst adults to, to children and so on and so forth. So yeah, that's my beginning. Mm, mm. That's my beginning. Do you think because you had a sort of backlash coming to England when you was in you know, when you was in school and things like that, that maybe that was an incentive to keep the core of where you've come from? Do you think maybe that made it easier for you to stay true to that? To, because to maybe if they were a bit more welcoming, you might have Probably. Adapted yeah. in brackets. Yeah, I think I was a very strong-willed person. Um, my grandma used to say, you know, you're too damn stubborn. Every minute, <laughs> you're too damn stubborn. And it's like, what do you mean? You know, because I just knew what I wanted. I just, just you know, for example, when I, when I was around a teenage in this country, my mom wanted me to be a secretary. Simply because she felt that, I, you know, I would look good in a skirt and, and high heel shoes. <laughs> 
and, and, and fishnet tights. That was her thought process. My sister wanted to be a nurse. That was fine. But when I said I wanted to teach, it's mm. like, what do you mean? And I said I wanted to teach something with arts. It's like, that don't make no sense. Mm. So for her, um, my, mother's, my mother was different to my grandma. My mother okay. came, when my mother, when I came to my mother here in London, she had adapted to um, the English lifestyle. Mm. Because that was... How, the, how long was your mum here before you came? Oh, over. Maybe over about, maybe about 10 years. Yeah, a lot of years. I think, yeah, nine or 10 years, thereabout. And did she come back and visit you? No, no. The, the, <gasps> I've written a book. I, I haven't published it as yet, but what, what, it's been sitting there for, for quite a while, actually. One of the things I, I put in the book, when I came to London and um, my mother met me at the airport and she said, the first thing she said to me, if you give me any trouble, you're going back, you know. <laughs> like, for me, it's like, who is this woman? Mm. Me, trouble? I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Mm. That was in my head. And then within a matter of months of me being in London, she went back home for months. So how did that make you then feel? <laughs> it, was, it was confusing for me because my sister was back home. Um, we ha I have uh, one sister and two brothers. And um, I had a brother here that was born here, but my other brother and my sister was back home. So within months of me coming, um, I then went to live with my, with my um, cousin and my mom went back home. But when I came here to see how my mom was living as well, at that time, she was living in a bedsit. Mm. She had just um, come away from her husband who was quite, you know, a um, lot, lot of domestic violence and stuff she was going through. So when I came, um, and having, you know, to, to from the freedom of the island mm. to that of one room, my mother and my little brother, who was still wet in the bed, do you know what I mean? It's like, for me, it was like, mm. You left paradise for help. <laughs> big time, big time. You know, so, so that for me was humbling mm. because a lot of adjusting had to, to, to be, you know, to be taken in into my psyche. And I asked questions, and my mother was not willing to, uh, to accept me as her child asking questions. Mm. Obviously, at that stage, as a teenager, she didn't know me anymore. Mm. You know, um, she left me as a, as a well, I'd say a minor. Um, so bringing a grown person to her to say, this is your child, grow her up. Mm. It, it, it was a complex time. You know, what I, what I realized for quite a stage, I was growing my mother. I was assisting her to, to grow up because um, having come to, her reason for coming to England was the fact that, um, and it's all in my book, so there's no point in me not saying it. Her reason for coming to England at the time, obviously to get work, but to get to my father, because my father, she, my father had left and she just wanted to be with him. Mm. So she came for that reason. But by the time she got to, to, to England, he was already with another woman. Mm -mm. And literally I came to a woman who was broken. Mm. And in the process of that, she'd married someone else, had another child with him, and then she was going through a lot of domestic violence, which I suppose was the way because she wasn't really where she wanted to be. You know, so in the process of my um, being here, I'd found myself being the one who cooked the food, being the one who checked up on, 
keeping the place fine. My mother loved partying, mm. so she lived for the weekend. Really? And, and to be honest, she was in her, t literally, still very young because she had me at around 16 and a half. Okay. So, so when I tallied it all up, many years later, I, I, that's exactly what I said. Oh, okay, mm. okay. Mm. She was still, yeah, every, every week. The night that I came to London, <laughs> it was in May, and that same night my mother went out. My mother didn't come back till maybe nine o'clock the morning. So as a stranger in a strange land, I was left with a, a little boy, my brother, and not- Who you've not met before. Never, no. Um, you know, and he was crying, because obviously- He's thinking, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got an accent. Yeah. You got well, a nice time yeah, going on, you know what I mean? Seriously, I was very an independent kind of person. I just lived, I was very kind of a, on my own kind of person. I kept, a, I kept a lot to myself most of the time, but for me, that vibration was like, don't make sense. Mm. You know, my grandma sent, you sent for me, my grandma sent me, and I've come, within hours, you're gone. And I don't, you didn't say, I'm going to the shop, you're just gone. I knew she was dressed up with friends, so, okay. you know what I mean? I knew, I knew, but I didn't know what that was about. Mm. Because in, in, on the island, you know, there are parties, it's, it's in the locality. Mm. And if you go out, there's a particular time you come back. So when the morning sun rose and my mother wasn't back, obviously I was concerned. Mm. And then to realize that's how she lived. She lived for the weekend, mm -mm. you know. So um, I then learned that and... Um, Accepted, she's still a young person. She was in her 20s, still trying to identify um, herself. Mm. And then I think in the process of saying that she was still seeking the love that she came to the country for. Um, so she, she wasn't settled in herself, you know. And in watching that, in trying to understand that, you know, myself as a teenage growing, having to go to school, you know, trying to figure out you know, where, where am I going thereafter? Mm. Um, the, you know, that was the beginning of, of me in this country, um, like I said, in, in a place where life was extremely different. You know, extremely different because the freedom, for example, I'd wake in the morning back home, do my chores, and then if I wish, I can disappear for the day during the school holidays or whatever. When I say disappear for the day, I, I moved a lot with... Um, I had many uncles and aunties and stuff, and the, the local young people. So, for example, moving around for the day, we'll go fishing. Mm. We'll go to the river. We'll go to the sea. We could be out on a boat far into the, the, into the, into the ocean as long as we get back home at a particular mm. time before sunset. So mm. that, that would be my day, you know. Um, and I moved a lot with the... I was very sort of... Um, what's the term? Um, masculine in my ways because mm. I wore trousers and I... I wore boots and stuff and just carried on because But did anyone judge you at those times? They thought I was strange. Really? Yeah, they thought I was a strange child. Um my mother still, you know, um when I came to this country called me odd. Didn't understand me because um the, in comparison to say for example my sister who was humble and sitting at home and you know, whatever, you know, and my other aunties and stuff. But for me, it was like, where's the next adventure, please? Mm. You know? And I suppose, in a sense, my blessing was I had, I had several uncles um, who, 
for example, with the boys, they were told, be careful, if you touch her, you'll be dead. So I knew I was safe, mm. you know, from, from, let's say, sexual encounters, because they were, they were doing their stuff. You know, you're going through the bushes, you're going through the hills, you're going wherever, you're with, you're with young boys and young girls, they got up to stuff. Mm. But my good fortune was, I, I was looked after, mm. you know, so, um, in the oddity of it all, and in many, many, many ways, Growing with my grandma, she held me in a very special place, mm. whereas she knew more about me than I knew about myself. And it, wasn't the, it was sort of years later that I understood the spiritual aspect of it. Mm. Um, in saying that, you know, my grandma was a highly spiritual person. One of her marriages they practice the um, African tradition of Shango. Okay. So I obviously whilst living with her, I was exposed to that kind of, um, dare I say, holistic lifestyle. Mm. So at certain times they would do the ceremonies, go down to the river, you know, with the drums, the singing, the dancing, you know, put offerings to the, into the river, etc., etc. So my grandma held me in that kind of vibration from from a spiritual perspective um and one of the magic things of my grandma my grandma used to see spirits you know my grandma used to be having this amazing conversations and i'd say to her who are you talking to and then she'd say you know see them <laughs> and it's like no i don't mm. but then there came a time when i did mm. when i could you know um for my own um spiritual growth there were times when i'd see um beans sometimes they were not completing their whole whole self so that i'll see bits of them and then i'll turn around and they'll disappear so um that's part of my um dare i say gift as well to be able to have the insight of, of that kind of vibration but being around my amongst my grandma and i had an elder godmother as well so they, they kept me in the teaching of that vibration as i grew as i grew um, understanding the seasons, I should say, in terms mm. of understanding nature with the moon, to be able to read when, when the wind's blowing, what's to come thereafter, mm -hmm. in the understanding of the herbs, um, the food, uh, etc., how and when to eat, in the understanding of the river and all that, that kind of way of life. Um, I grew with that kind of energy around me, mm. you know. Um, like I said, in that pr process of time, my mother wasn't around, so grandma was my main um, strength. And like I said, having married a man with that kind of um, background, his family, you know, his family had that kind of background. So the, my whole entitlement was. Wait, was, who? Wait, wait, what? Your father? My no, my just... my my grandma's husband. Oh, okay. Family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were into that African spirituality. Okay. So living with my grandma for, for those several years, mm. it was part of the routine and everyday lifestyle that I had to, I had to follow mm. suit, so to mm. speak. You know, there were aunties and uncles as well, but for whatever reason, my grandma kept me into the, um, my aunties and, and they, they didn't always get involved, mm. but I suppose I was fascinated by it all as well. Mm. But um, yeah, so understanding that cultural part of ourselves it was just for me then a way of life mm. you know um 
the particular reference, like I said, it was the, the um, reference to Shango, which was the, the god of war or mm-hmm. however. So the rituals were quite, quite intense sometimes. But, um, and a lot, you know, I saw a lot in terms of understanding that sense of spirituality how much power that can come from dancing mm. and going into trance from dancing, mm-hmm. you know, understanding if someone's sick, how, how the use of herbs um, and, and, and other rituals can be, be used to bring someone back to, to good health and so on and so forth. Mm. So for me, all of that was just a natural way of life, mm. you know, and then coming to England and um, mm, then what? you know <laughs> completely different lifestyle and like I said by the time I got here my mother had converted herself to you're in England you have to live like the English people mm-hmm. you know so that... was your mum Christian my mum did not really have um a background of such she did go to church but I think her church was the party <laughs> <laughs> music dance that was my mom but then it does go back to even you know the rituals that maybe you saw with the dancing and stuff that your mom was actually reenacting traditional things but in a modernized way because as those that are descendants of Africa we love music mm. we love the drum we love it but in this setup yeah we do it, it in a westernized way yeah you see what I mean whereas I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, she went to church. She mm. went to church when, when she went to church. There was a point when we, when we were living in Broccoli. Mm. And um, the church time was, oh, she'd say, um, you go to church and I'll make breakfast. And it's like, mm. well, why don't you come to church <laughs> as well? No, 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 you go to church. But I, I said, I don't want to go to church. I don't like the, the layout. of Because if my church was that of African culture, mm. and then I have to go into a, a Catholic where there's like, oh, me, um, it didn't kind of work for me mm. you know um and then you go up and take the offerings and and the, you know the to be honest the, the priest was always smelling of alcohol i didn't get it <laughs> it's all coming out in broccoli yeah, yeah no, seriously i i did what was of, it st andrews oh, you, oh no okay. <laughs> we're not when it's all it's no, all gone it's now it's all <laughs> st andrews is still there i used to teach in there actually I used, do, I used to do youth work in there for, for a season at the back um, I've forgotten the name of the church, but it's on the other side at the back. Okay. It's on the other side, yeah. There was a point where um, it was an Irish priest. Okay. And he was always drunk. He always smelled of alcohol. And then one day I said to him, because you know they used to give the, the, the body of Christ a little bread thing and a little bit of drink. And I, and I said to him, do you drink most of it before we come in? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I was reported to my mom Uh-oh. because uh, it's like this child's just... Uh, She's, she's, she talks too much, Mm-mm. you know, and, I, and there were points where I decided I wasn't going back. Mm. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd go out, take the offering money and buy a magazine and then bribe my sister to say, you know, if you don't say that I wasn't in church, I'll give you, you know, part of my breakfast. When mm. we get in. So this is the kind of things we used to do. Um, I buy my magazine, sit on the fence until I see them coming from church and then I'll go in the house because I just didn't understand mm. that, that, that sense of how they live mm. I, I didn't get it and obviously in a sense i, I have to say there were reference to racism as well because there were times when people were coming out of the church and then the the, the, the pastor or the priests would be lining up and they would shake hands and greet people as they came out and then my notification was hmm, certain hands weren't being mm. shaken and um i highlighted that to them as well so hence 
wherever I went in terms of religion, I was always asked not to come back wow. because I did speak out to say, this is not right. Mm. You know, or please explain to me why mm. this is such. So yeah, but um, religion, it wasn't, my family were, they went, but they weren't, that wasn't their mainstay. Mm. You know, eventually, I, sh I should say later on, different aunties and uncles took up whatever um, denomination they wanted to work with. But as a child growing up, it wasn't at the forefront of my, my life, mm. um, simply because I wasn't willing to allow it. Mm. I, I did go, I have been, um, I've been thrown out of many churches. Mm. Um, there was a church when I, when, when I lived in, um, where was I living? In Camberwell, I've moved around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to go to a church in Peckham. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> and I, I decided to challenge myself to do um, to, to the theology. Okay. They were, they were teaching the theology. So I said, I'll learn it for a year. Um, but in the process of that, again, questions were asked. Mm. And whenever I asked a particular question, I was told to be quiet. Yes. You know, because yes. it didn't make sense. Mm. You know, so um, again, they asked me not to come back <laughs> after a few. Other things as well, because the way the offerings were taken, the way um, they did the, you know, um, the spirit when they were trying to get people to come to pretend that they had spirits mm. coming out of them. And then the amount of monies that they were asking for mm. people, you know, there was a time when they had an all night vigil okay. and um, I attended um, and then there was an old lady, um, she was going through whatever crisis. I think her husband had recently died oh. and the house was left to her and they said to her something to the effect of if you give the, you know, the contents of uh, Literally, the contents of the, the, the value of the house, mm -mm. you know, you will be um, looked after by, by Jesus. And in telling her that, obviously, she, she, she relayed what they requested of her. And then one particular, that was not that, the vigil night, but mm. the vigil night, the vigil night that I'm speaking of, that night came. And it came to about five, six in the morning. People were getting ready to go home. Mm. And she was left sitting there. You know, I was willing to walk home um, because it was it was fine. And then I asked, can someone get, you know, get a car to get her home? And I asked about three, four times. And I was told by one of one of the um, ushers, why don't you mind your own business? Mm -mm. And I said, she is my business. Mm. I was brought up to respect the elders. And I know you've taken up her money. Mm. And I know you've taken her money and her family don't work with her no more because that was their inheritance. And I know it has gone to the church. How is it not my business? You know, so I, I lifted my voice and I created in there and other people then got involved. Mm. We were ushered out. Um, but um, eventually I got her a taxi because I, she, she wasn't well with the arthritis. Mm. And so, mm. But the fact that I know that the contents of her home, um, the, the, the finance from her home had gone into the church. Her children weren't talking to her no more. Mm -mm. But the church could not find a way to get her home safely, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. So religion for me, mm, very interesting um, factor. I'm not saying I don't believe in a higher force. Obviously I do. I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it's not valuable for people to go to church to each his own. Mm. But I know for some of the ways that I've seen things and uh, from my going to church, um, there's still a lot Mm. that we need to do to bring some clarity to those who sacrifice their lives mm. um, to those institutions, I suppose, mm. you know, mm. because the truth is, for me, um, 
living on the ground, and when I say living on the ground, being with nature is is it's that's that's the religion mm. because nature teaches everything if you understand how to communicate with, with that kind of vibration. Mm. Whereas with the church, it's there is an incentive to mm. to collect people and collect money for their for whatever they're building, and um, so be it. Mm. You know, so be it. But yeah. I can resonate a lot with what you have said because when I've questioned things in life, mm. I've got the same backlash. For real. Because it's like, you're not meant to question, you're meant to just, just accept, accept and yeah. go with the crowd. Or, no. you know, there was a guy one time that I knew who used to be uh, a fully, he was fully into Christianity and then he actually came out of it. Mm. And he, um, he passed me his Bible and was like, oh, you know, check out this bit, blah, blah, blah. So then obviously, as anyone would, I questioned it. And funny enough, it was sections where it was talking about women mm. and how women are basically like the devil. Whoa. So I was asking him questions like, what does this mean? And he just went absolutely mental at me yeah. as if I'm not allowed to question. Why yeah. am I questioning this? And like you said, if, that's, if a religion brings out the best in you and brings you closer to who you are and who the creator is mm. and, and brings you peace, yeah. then I've got no qualms. But what I've found a lot with people a lot, and a lot with born again Christians is that they then do, the, they think they're better than everyone else. And that's not even the word of God. And that's yeah. not the word of Jesus. Absolutely. These people, and I must say, the prophets in many of these books never wrote any of these books. <laughs> They didn't even write, you know, they For didn't real. even, they weren't even literate when it comes to For Islam, real. their prophet, he, he didn't even write. That's he right. used to have, um, you know, the scribes or people yeah, like, uttering. But he, yeah. used to, he used to have connections, Word moments of where he would, God would come and he would speak mm. um, and these different things. So when people get so tied up in the word, mm. You've lost all sense of reality to me because the word never came first. It was actually sound. Mm. And mm. that was not constructed to words. Wow. Because that sound is vibration, which then leads to all. That's just yeah. my perspective. Yeah. But yeah. I think in the time in which religion or the Abrahamic religions were created was a way to control people. Because they didn't have the internet like mm. they do now, mm. which is now we're in a new world where the internet is the whole control basis of all society. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to put that across that. I, I get you, sis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, get, I go through it now. Yeah. Yeah, and it does sometimes leave you in a type of way because you think, what is wrong with me? Why mm. am I not allowed to do my job properly? Or why am I not allowed to say anything? Mm. But I know that when I'm saying something, the same when I've heard your story, you're actually being more godlike than those people. Well, they, they, have, they haven't been taught the truth. The truth is we are one with nature. Mm. The truth is we're supposed to be one with nature. But if, if someone or doctrines or indoctrination are the forces that are telling people, this is how you're supposed to be, and I can quote this to you, so if you're not following by this quotation in the manner of how I tell you it's supposed mm -hmm. to be, then you are being a sinner. Mm -hmm. What the hell does that mean? And I, you, you know, know I, mean? I want to ask you on that, you know, because I heard that the other day. Someone was like, you know, we were all born sinners, and and it just really upsets me because it makes me feel as if you're saying we have something wrong with us as people, as beings, as living beings. Mm. Like, why would we be born with such, you know, yeah. 
a brand put on us or yeah. you know like we're scorned that's man-made how can stuff. a baby be yeah, scorned like, what's your man-made. opinion on that you know like i said i grew in a village and the village factor from my upbringing was the the respect of nature and when i say the respect of nature i mean from every aspect because nature is the main teacher so the people that I grew with, and, and I said earlier on, I grew with elders, that th- those were my, my, my teachers. My godparents were elders around my grandma's age, for whatever reason my, that, that was given to me. And I sat with them a lot, because that's the way it was for me. Mm. Um, re- religion is a man-made teaching. Mm. Nature would be... The, the, the example of, for example, how you eat, how you share your time and your, your, your energy, how you care, how you relate to the, the cycle of, of the seasons. You know, how, you know, my, my grandma, and I have to keep calling her, you know, calling, making reference to her. When she woke in the morning, she had a ritual that she did. And like I said, she was, she was a, one of those, she was a seer. Mm. So one of, my, one, of, one of her husbands had died. He was, um, the, how many, one, two, three, I think she had four children for him. So there was a point where he, where he died at sea because he was, he was a sailor. Mm. And she'd wake in the morning and for whatever reason, he was there. He died, but he was there. So she'd say, good morning. And um, there was a point where there was a mega... I, I didn't hear him, but there were times where, say, for example, the kitchen was at the back of the house, so she'd be out picking things to come and cook. And there were times when I'd be there with her. That would be like 6, 7 in the morning, so the sun is still rising. And she's in conversation, and then one morning... I don't know what he had said to her, and I'm saying literally he was he was he was not alive. Mm. And she said to him, "No, you're not having her. You're not having her. You know. And if you keep coming here, I'm going to have to do something to make you not come back." Mm-hmm. And then I said to her, "What are you talking about?" And then in the process of that, the trees moved. You know. So in my psyche, he moved. He moved on, but I didn't see him. But I saw the the fact that that something had moved on. And then she sat me down and explained, you know, um, people, people, the word was die, but people, people die and move on. But sometimes their spirit come back because you can still communicate with them. Mm. Spirits are always there. Um, and to get knowledge about anything, it's literally you can talk with the spirit, you know, to understand the cycle of the moon, to understand the cycle of the sun, to understand why the, 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 the waves in the sea is moving a certain kind of way. To understand, um, you know, why some plants don't grow when they're supposed to be bearing fruits. She, she gave me all that stuff. And, and ex- explaining that there is a higher energy that we're supposed to tune into. Mm. To bring us to the, the wholeness of ourselves. Mm. Not by someone saying, um, you know, Jesus is your savior and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It, it was... I'm not saying she didn't go to church, but when she came back, she went back to nature. Mm. Whenever the she... roots, the yeah, roots, and, yeah. and, and it's the African culture, even though being in the Caribbean, yeah. and many people in the Caribbean, well, there's quite a few um, now, mm. they kept 
the roots. So your lineage, your ancestry is very, very strong. It is. Because it, it is. hasn't been washed out no, completely. I, and I think because I grew in that, I'm not saying every Caribbean person has the same vibes as myself because that is not the truth. Yeah, it's not the truth. And, and the fact that, that I valued how, how I was being educated. Mm. Um, you know, when one of the things that we did in the Moonlight Nights, you know, the, the people came together, we sat out and stories were told mm. and through the stories there were morals to the story and that that was that's the religion that's the factor of educating about right and wrong mm. but that's you even know? what jesus and them well, used to I'm do saying. they were never in a church they were that's, outside that's by the fire yeah. having good conversations yeah. and inspiring one another just yeah. as we do now when we're in the pub i guess like, yeah, well, how, well maybe not in the yeah. pub but you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's what i'm saying and when that's what together. the moral of the story to mm. understand if you do good good will come back to you if you don't karma lives mm. you know what i mean and and for me that was my education of right and righteousness the right order um do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you the, the all the stories that were told they had morals to mm. them and they told it to us as children because that was the way of educating us so those principles um, were what we lived by. If we went against it, we get a whooping, mm. you know, or a talking to, and we know what we wanted and what we didn't want. We know what would 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 res which bring respect to our immediate family, and we knew also what would bring respect and um, the maintenance of the of, of a good place in terms of villages, mm. because you know there were parishes and there were villages, and there was reference to this is a good place to be and this is not a good place to be. And as a people, the village that I grew in, we had to keep a standard. Mm. And, and if you want to say religion, that was the factor. There were principles that we worked from. There, there, were, there were teachings that we, we upheld. There were, there were, you know, the rituals, the factor that, for example, my, my grandma would go to the field or the garden or the land, whatever you want to call it, and she would pick particular crops, mm. you know, and it was shared you know she would say take this to this family take this to that family and vice versa mm. you know um grandma would cook food at the end of the day you know we were running around bringing food to different people sometimes before we got to eat our own mm. uh, so not that's how you're meant to serve though you're never this, meant to serve your, yourself before anyone this is what i'm saying mm. or someone will be making bread and then someone else will be making oil because we, we made everything ourselves mm. in you know at that time so we will take some oil to the person who's making the bread and the cakes and the cakes will come to the house and this will go. Everything was shared. Mm. Everything was shared. There were times when, you know, ritual ritualistically, whatever time of the year there was, say, for example, Christmas time. Um, and to be honest, practically, those were the only times animals were killed around my family. Mm. Um, occasionally, a chicken would be killed for, and, you know, but if that happened, the meat from that was shared to different households. So it wasn't the case of we were having the whole chicken and, mm. you know, we didn't cook meat like that. Mm. You know, it was a case of the vegetables, the seeds, the, the, the peas and, and those factors. Mm. Occasionally when we had fish and stuff from the sea was the fact that someone had gone out fishing and then they came by this and they, they, straight away, you had mm. it there and then mm. and mm. you worked it. Um, so you lived within your means yes. and you gave back to nature. You yes. never took too much. No, not at and all. And that's a, a, an indigenous way of living is yeah. that you don't take too much, you take as you need. It, 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 it was all, it was holistic to the aspect mm. and no disrespect to things. 
you know, I, I, I watched the way that, the, 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 like I said, the, I lived around elders and I still sit back in quiet and go back into reflection mm. because I don't know who I would have been if I didn't have that upbringing. Mm. You know, I know how my other, you know, I know how my other siblings live. I know how other people live, but I know for me, I so value that lifestyle mm. because I can still be here in, in, in the busy factor of being in London and still accept within my soul, I am of that nature. I am with nature. Mm. And I can simply close my eyes and I do it quite a lot. I think that's how I survive mm. and be on the island. Mm -mm. I'm sitting, you know, there was a point in my life where I sat quite a bit in the inside of a cashew tree. Mm -hmm. the, the, the part of the cashew tree was hollow. Mm. And wherever I needed my quiet time, I'd be sitting in there. And while sitting in there, the, the view was overlooking the sea and and the, the breeze and the birds and the blue sky and i'd be there fall asleep wake up and then go home basically wow. that's that's that was my lifestyle you know mm. um and like i said i'm saying that to say about religion and about love and, and about respect to, to because it's all about respecting nature because we we wouldn't be here yeah yeah if if God ha if there is a God and God has given this us, to us, that is what we're supposed to do. Respect mm. it. Mm. If we have and someone else don't have, you share. Mm. Um, if you share, share it with a genuineness of knowing that is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, and like I said, all those principles that I grew with, I still live by those standards. Hence, I am. I suppose who I am. Give thanks you know? to your grandmother, and it's oh, every it's time. so beautiful as well because. The, con the, the connection in Africa mm. um, culturally with your el elders and the children mm. is very tight-knit. You're mm. more so brought up from your grandparents than you are your actual parents. Yeah. So the fact that you was in Grenada and you still had mm -hmm. that tradition yeah. and your grandma was able to give you all of that wisdom and you was willing to receive it... Absolutely. ...is an absolute gift because now you've shared those little pieces with so many, probably thousands of people mm. in your lifetime. In my lifetime yeah. And, you know, you just have to give thanks.